0: One day, I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, Super excited for today's episode. Today, I talked with Abby Peachy. Abby Peachy is a physical therapist and run coach. And today, we talked a lot about a personal injury she had, a couple of them, of bone stress injuries. And we talk, we really dig into. Um, part of what was you know, causing her injuries was a um, nutritional um, deficit. And it was really unintentional and she didn't even know she wasn't feeling enough. Um, and I think this is just so common in endurance sports in general um, that it's just a super important topic to cover today. We're going to go into pretty good depth. She's going to share like what she's done. She's actually still working Um, with a dietitian um, and it would go into a lot more than just that just other considerations it's just a lot it's a great topic of a lot of different considerations to just be considering in your training in general and also um, how to incorporate you know a whole team into rehab you know it's not just the physical therapist or just the dietitian who all do we need to um, you know Call out upon when we are injured Um, we'll dive into a few other topics as well but that is the main one super excited for you guys to all get to hear from abby abby i had a great time chatting as always can't wait for you guys to dig into this one and we'll see you on the inside all right welcome to another episode of breaking five a running podcast i am here with abby peachy today Abby Peachy is a running coach and physical therapist in Chicago, Illinois, close to my hometown. Um, and she is a running coach and physical therapist at Achieve Performance Lab. Like I said, Chicago, Illinois. Abby, thank you for being here today. To get started, I always like to ask my um, my guests, if you don't mind, Could you tell us how you got into running itself? When did that start for you, your journey with running?
1: Yeah, so I have kind of an atypical story with running. Um, <laughs> I grew up playing sports, uh, primarily basketball, and I hated running. Um, <laughs> that was our punishment, right? You know, you have to get on the mm-hmm. line and run sprints. Um, and so it wasn't until I was in college and uh, I was looking for ways to start being active again, and actually by college, uh, grad school, really, because I played basketball in college. Um, and I decided to just start going out and running and at first I didn't like it. And then once I got into the habit of doing it and doing it multiple days a week, I got addicted, like a lot of us do. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And I guess kind of the rest is history with it, uh, where it's just become for me um, not only a way to stay active, but I also really enjoy the mental health benefits that I get from it too. Um, So, I love just going out for an easy run to, to clear my mind. Uh, but then also the, um, the races I enjoy as well as challenge myself.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I love that. That's awesome. And you ran ever since then. So grad school basically till now. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. I love it. I think, I don't know if it's a stereotype or whatever, but I feel like there's a lot of basketball players that usually they don't like running, but then when they start, they like, I think probably for the competition, especially if you ran in, or if you played basketball in college and then having the races and yeah, all that Maybe I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of one other friend that I know that was a basketball player in college too. And same thing. She's like, I hate running. And then now I love it. So,
1: yep. I think that's typical for basketball players. They yeah. don't like it. So. Yeah. Because I mean,
0: you have to have endurance, but it's more the, you know, it is endurance still, but it's short sprints and there's a ball involved. It's a little more fun. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's a purpose to the running. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I love that. That's cool. Where did you uh, play um, basketball at for in, in college?
1: I went to Olivet Mandarin University. So that's down in Bourbonnet, Illinois. So that's about an hour south of Chicago. And so that's how I ended up um,
0: in Chicago after, okay. after school. Okay. Awesome. All right. Maybe not the, the place to ask you, but I'll ask you anyways. But so this explains why you, so the other day I, you might, I think, you know, a couple of my, we have a mutual friends that we like don't know through PT or whatever, you know, um, uh, Kelsey and Jeff, um, I can't think of their last name right now. Um, yeah. What? It, Hawkins. Hawkins, yes. Why am I blanking? I was pretty good friends with them in South Carolina when I lived there. So, we, yeah. So, Jeff was my husband's roommate in college <laughs> for a
1: year. So, oh my gosh.
0: Okay. Random. I know it's on a podcast interview, but I was like, I saw the other day that you're friends with them on Facebook, and I was like, oh, I wonder. I mean, it's probably from you being in the Chicago area um but but yeah we we played intramural um soccer and softball together and hung out quite a bit when I lived there so anyways I'm gonna have to tell them
1: well yeah that's
0: (laughs) awesome cool well that 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 closes that that question um but but anyway so we played basketball in college um and then went on to run and um and then went on to where did you go to PT school at
1: I went to Roswell and Franklin University, okay. so that's
0: in North Chicago,
1: so about 45 minutes north of um, Chicago.
0: Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we were all talking all things Chicago a little bit before we started this podcast interview, so um, no, that's awesome. So that's where how you've been in the Chicagoland area for a while. Very cool. Yep. Um, and then, so got into running kind of for, like, keep active. The mental health benefits have stayed there, Yeah, have continued to, to run. And then, when did you start run coaching, or have you know what sparked your interest to start helping other runners along you know their journey too?
1: Yeah, so it was just within the last year um, that I started coaching runners, and um, at first I thought I just wanted to work with people on the physical therapy side of things, um, and not necessarily on the coaching side. Uh, yeah. But I realized how much I really enjoy building those relationships with people, whereas with physical therapy and you see people for a few sessions and then you send them on their way uh once they're once they're rehabbed um but with the coaching I get to continue that relationship with people um and help them accomplish the goals that they have for running and just fitness and strength training and you know whatever it may be
0: yeah yeah okay no, that's awesome. And like, I mean, it looks like you do an awesome job at it and everything. And I, I feel like same thing for me as far as um, just, yeah, the performance side of things is different than the rehab side. And, and also having that ability to, to work with your, your, your ath- athletes beyond just getting back to back to running, like you can actually help them reach their goals too. <laughs>
1: yeah it's awesome, and it's kind of fun too how the relationship evolves too as you continue to work with them month after month and I mean yeah. really it really feels like you're just working with a friend right and right helping right. them through what to do with their running
0: yep No, that's awesome. I love it and then did you start and I know we've chatted before did you start your your own business around the same time as well, or I did yep, kind of that and yep. was what...
1: so just within the year within the past year hmm
0: Okay. So it was all kind of all together. That's awesome. What sparked your interest in wanting to work with runners specifically? I mean, you play basketball in college. It could have been basketball players. (laughs) That's true. It could have been.
1: (laughs) Um, So I think for me, it's injuries that I've had um, with running and realizing that I kind of had to fend for, you know, on my own, Um, for figuring out what to do with running because there's really not a whole lot of clinicians that uh, are specialized in working with runners and you you commonly will see someone saying all right well now that you've done these kind of cookie cutter rehab exercises I'm going to discharge you you can go ahead and try running but then they don't actually take people through um, a return to running program or Um, take a look at what their running gait looks like or what may have led to those injuries and um, just realizing how much kind of the rehab world with the coaching world does intersect and just how much of a demand there really is for that.
0: Right, right. No, I love that. And um, yeah, it's so true. Like there's so many people I come across that's just like, know that end up working with too it's like you know oh yeah they just said go back to running and it's like they had a major injury they had a bone stress injury or something and it's just like all right like over the next three months you can slowly increase your running and get back to running and it's like um like unless they have a really intense background even if they are picky even if it was me I would hire like I need to like work with someone like because yeah like it yeah kind of blows my mind but also I guess that's just kind of where the health you know the for the most part, there's people obviously like us trying to do things differently, but where the healthcare system is and where we get people to, but like getting them beyond to their actual goals is like, yeah, key and can just be so important. There's, there's a need, there's a gap, I feel like out there of the number of people like filling that gap, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I
1: And I totally agree too. And, um, you know, I think it's so easy for us to get people back to like the 75 80% function in like the typical yeah. physical therapy world but what about that last you know 20 25% of yeah. people that you know are wanting to return to their to their active lifestyle and um that kind of the group of people that I'm trying to target is people who felt like they either haven't had the full guidance that they wanted for returning to running or any athletic endeavor really um, or just want more guidance with that.
0: Yep. Yep. No, that's awesome. And you had mentioned that, you know, part of what led you there is your own injuries. Um, Do you mind going into your own injury history and what that looked like? Yeah.
1: So um, it was a couple of years ago. I was actually working in an inpatient rehab facility at the time. And um, there was a issue with a patient where basically both a nurse and myself had gotten injured. And I strained my back pretty bad to the point where I couldn't even move. And they had to take me down to the, to the ER, um, before I could even leave work that day. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, and that was the point where I was like, okay, like I get what people mean when they talk about like straining their back really (laughs) bad and like how debilitating it is. And, um, So I did my own rehab for that. And I just remember thinking, if I had to go to the typical, you know, outpatient physical therapy location where, you know, I'm going two, three times a week and then insurance cuts me off because, um, I've gotten quote unquote far enough along. Um, I don't think I would have been able to get back to my running, my strength training that I like to do at the gym. And so I started thinking, okay, well, what can be done? Like, how, how can I be a person that can get someone from that, like, partial rehab stage to fully getting back to the activities that they enjoy doing? And um, that was when I decided to start my own business at that point. And um, it took a little while for me to like fully be on board with that idea that that was yeah. <laughs> the, the path that I needed to go down to, to make that happen. But I'm so glad that I did. Um, and it's just, it's, it's so cool just being able to empower people back to running or, you know, any sports, whether, or even just like playing with their kids again, when they felt like they couldn't, or grandkids, like that's a huge one too, that I'll yep. see people for, um, yep. which is great.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. And you mentioned like kind of that, like took a little bit to convince yourself you had to do your own business. Was that like, did you always say you wouldn't do your own business or what was that out of?
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's actually really funny that you asked that because so my dad is a small business owner. Okay. And so growing up, I saw all of the hard work that it was for him and like late hours and yep. um, just kind of in a way for him, kind of lack of flexibility. And I was like, I don't ever want that yeah and um so
0: I basically vowed to myself that I wasn't ever gonna do anything
1: (laughs) like that and
0: here I am (laughs) you're gonna go get this safe secure job in physical therapy right like yeah exactly that has like PTO and (laughs) yeah or at least that's where I thought for me like my big thing was more like you know you know seeing some financial struggles maybe a little bit in my family and stuff and being like you know my mom was a teacher and then my parents were divorced so like you know like two separate households trying to make that work. So I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm for one, not being a teacher. <laughs> and then two, I was like, I, i you know, need a job that's going to make a certain amount, you know, basically, which is like silly to think of now,
1: but. Absolutely. And I think the, um, the idea of income not being consistent yeah. definitely scared me too. Right. like, where it's like, all right, like if I get hired, like at a physical therapy clinic, like I have this consistent income, you know, that's coming in every week and I don't have yeah. to think about it.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. And then, and then we throw ourselves into the unknown and go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's, I think
1: it's, you probably have noticed the same thing too, but just um, being able to do therapy and coaching the way that you want to um, is just so fulfilling.
0: Yes. Yes. No, definitely. It's yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's like, yeah, there's nothing, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing that beats it when you start to be like, okay, I can treat treat my people exactly how I want to. And I like, honestly, like one of my best friends from back in North Dakota, was one of my patients. Like, like, I don't know, like that, not that that can't happen otherwise, but it like, like it happened, like she was a patient first and then we became really close friends. Uh, And I just say that because you can, you can connect with people on a different level. Like if that's, if that's what you want for your business, you don't have to, but you can, it doesn't have to be look a certain way. So
1: absolutely and that was kind of even what i've seen too with some of my coaching clients it's like they've almost turned into friends too yeah. they have turned
0: into friends right really. right so you're it's like, just cool to see
1: those relationships get
0: fostered yeah you're like i talk to you all the time with your running and yeah and they have a common interest because we like running <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i love it um and so back to your injury so you had this really bad back injury which oh my goodness like that yeah that sounds awful i have thrown out my back um, before too and I still like sometimes it'll flare up for the most part actually now I've been pretty good but I started up deadlifting. great PT here threw it out I was, <laughs> I was deadlifting a lot um, being silly but I mean so I can relate when you're like oh my gosh like this is what people like say when they I'm doing air quotes throw out their back I'm like it feels like that I'm like I can't move I can't do anything I was like 24 years old at the time <laughs> like I was like oh I'm like I remember even just like doing pelvic tilts and for any PTs listening. It's just, you know, moving your pelvis. I was like, Oh, that's actually really hard right now. <laughs> like, Oh, this is like, actually like, I'm like, oh, this is yeah. Anyways.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I
0: think like, it also
1: gives us empathy, right? We understand right. like what other people are going through then uh, when they have an injury like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard of people talk about you know the gift of injury and how yeah. you know when when you get injured it, you know it helps you to be able to help other people or understand what they're going yes, through and definitely. I've even been able to modify you know some of the treatments that I've given for people based on what I've learned um, from my own injury yeah um, so awful as it was yeah. um, you know I'm so grateful for that experience that I had yeah um, to work through that
0: no, for sure. Injury is always a, I don't even know, I wouldn't even call, I was gonna say blessing and a curse, but I don't know that it's even a curse. It's just that it, there's always good that comes out of it. Like maybe that's, you know, I just like to see the silver linings, but I mean, I'm currently injured dealing with an injury. So I feel like the silver lining has been, it's allowed me to reset in a lot of parts of my life. Like instead of keep pushing through like, okay, you got injured. Cause you were pushing a little too hard in a lot of parts. <laughs> so it's been, been good. And I haven't been injured in two and a half years for running. So, you know, I guess it was about time <laughs> <No. were due. laughs> I was due for a running injury. Oh my gosh. Oh. And I was sick of running the floor in the Florida heat. So I think my body was like, you're not liking this anyway. So let's just not run. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm okay with that. Uh, no. Okay. But okay. So you threw out your back and then you've had some other injuries as well, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've had um, a couple of running related injuries as well. Um, so it was a little over a year ago, like a year and a half ago, um, I had, um, gotten a bone stress injury. So specifically I had a bone stress reaction. So bone stress injuries, they can occur on a spectrum with kind of the more mild being a stress reaction where there's like an inflammatory process that's going on with the bone. Whereas on the other side of the spectrum, you have like the full on fracture, so the crack in the bone that occurs. Um, So it was, you know, more on the minor side, but um, for me, it was due to training errors that I did. So not only was I doing my own running, but I was also working with a personal trainer at the time.
0: Okay. And
1: so it was just too much load for me. Um, And, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the rule of twos, but it's like, too quick, too strong, oh, like yeah. a load, too yeah. long, too often, or like a combination of everything. Um, and then this tipping point occurs where basically the bone breaks down faster than what it can build up. Um, yeah. And that's where the injury occurs. Um, so I had that injury at the time. Didn't really think anything of it. Cause I was like, Oh, I just, you know, it was my own fault. Like I was doing too much. Yep. Fast forward, like nine months later, Um, 10 months later and the same thing happened in the same (laughs) bone again, Uh, like same leg and everything. So it was my, uh, left tibia.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so for PTs that are, there was like the distal third, the posterior medial, um, which as far as bone stress injuries go, that's like a a low risk area versus a high risk area. Um, but, um, I was like, all right, something's gotta be going on here. And so, um, I, I took a look at my training and I was like, no, there, this time there wasn't any training errors that were going on. I was only running like three, four miles, um, like three times a week. It wasn't (laughs) anything crazy. This was all at the beginning of of the the pandemic. And I was like, I know I can't be pushing myself. (laughs) I was getting like eight hours of night of sleep and like, um, I also track, like, my HRV, like, my heart rate variability okay. um, yeah. for my stress, and yep. it was, like, the best it's ever been, I'm, like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, how did I get injured again? And so I ended up working with a sports dietitian um, because I was, like, it's got to be something um, On my diet, that is going on. Yeah. Um, And there's something that's called REDS, it's relative energy deficiency in sports. Um, Many people might have previously known it as the female athlete triad. Um, But what we found out is that I was in this low energy availability. So basically, I wasn't getting enough nutrients in um, to be able to fuel what I was doing during my day, Um, not only with exercise, but just my normal day-to-day tasks. And so um, I think what's common about my story with endurance athletes is that it was not intentional at all that I was under fueling. And I think that there's a misconception that people are doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I've seen studies that have shown anywhere from like eight to 58 percent of track and endurance athletes are in low energy availability I believe and it. so it's yeah it's a, it's a huge number of people um and so for me what we found out um we was and me and my da, uh, sports dietitian, is that I wasn't eating frequently enough so okay. because of the way that my schedule is I was going six to eight hours without eating and like not even realizing it yeah and so a big thing for me was trying to add in snacks or trying to figure out ways to kind of move around my schedule to make sure that I would be eating more consistently. Um, And what I had learned through this process, because I'm definitely not an expert in, you know, dietetics or nutrition or anything like that, um, is that even just a couple hundred calories for even like, five days um, of being in deficit can throw you into that low energy availability right. and so okay. um, I've learned the importance of you know making sure that I've been not only getting enough uh, calories in my day but also that I'm eating frequently enough during my day so that was for me the biggest thing was the, the yeah. frequency of eating.
0: Yeah no that, I didn't even know I didn't know it was uh, recent at all either so Uh huh. Yeah. So, and
1: what was so interesting to me this time around is I thought that I was doing everything I could, you know, manage my training loads and everything like that. And it just shows how quickly that tipping point, uh, can actually occur. Um, and it also showed me the importance of, of tracking your menstrual cycle as a female. Yes. So I've, I've done that for the last few years and, then after the second bone stress injury that I had, I went back and I looked at the app. And my first, my first uh, bone stress injury, the month of the injury, as well as the month before my cycle had lengthened to about 4550 days. So there's a chance that I was in low energy availability at that point, too, with the way that my cycle had lengthened. Um, and then my cycle went back to normal until the month of my injury, it increased again. Oh in the <laughs> And so I think it just shows the importance for not only us as physical therapists, as running coaches, but also as female endurance athletes yeah. to be tracking what our periods, you know, what our cycles are like. And yeah. if we're noticing those changes, that that can be kind of a... Uh, like a precursor to, you know, something potentially, um, going on, um, with our body. And, um, I think most people, when they think of, uh, like the reds or like female athlete triad, they think a complete loss of period, or like you've had like many months without it, but it can yeah. be as subtle as an increased length in your cycle okay. or even having a cycle where you're not ovulating too. Okay. Um, so I, I think it's important for people to know like how subtle some of these changes can be.
0: That's super, that's super helpful and super interesting. And, um, yeah, like, so like how females are just so different and like, we, yeah, we need to know these other things that males don't, you know, um, you know, for, for sport, for injury, for, for all of it. What, um, I was going to say a couple questions. One, what app do you use to track your period? (laughs)
1: Um, so you can track it on the Garmin app now no. if you have um, uh, if you have uh, a Garmin watch. So that's what yeah. I use myself. Oh, and that okay. was just like a recent change. Uh, before that, um, I was using an app. that's called OvaGraph, O-V-A-Graph. And okay. that's more for people who want to do um, more of like the natural like family planning where you're like, tracking your temperature and, and things like yeah. that to see okay. how your cycle is going. But I just like that app because of all the, the information that it tells me, but yeah, the yeah. Garmin app works great.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's super helpful. And it's something I've had some discussions with, with, you know, other PTs and friends here and, and stuff like that. So it's just like good to hear it again, like the importance of tracking, tracking your cycle in general. Uh, and how did I not know the Garmin app had it? I guess. I'm it's not, just a recent day in the last few months. Okay, so. cool. So for any runners listening, if you have, I mean, most runner, I mean, a lot of you I know have a Garmin, so good, you know, extra feature to use if you're not using another app for sure. Um, yeah, and I think just a
1: good reminder for us in the healthcare field too, that, you know, if we're working with someone that has a bone stress injury, you know, we need to be asking about the menstrual cycle. And, you know, also referring out to other healthcare providers, too, because yeah. this isn't something that can just be treated uh, by the physical therapist, it should be a team of people, you know, sports dietitian. Um, I also worked with my primary care doctor to get a bunch of labs drawn as well, um, and found that there were some nutrient deficiencies that I had that were probably um, contributing to, to everything going on. Okay. Um, and then even potentially like a sports psychologist for people if there is, you know, more of like a disordered eating um, issue going on. Um, So I would say my major take home
0: is that it really is a team process to get through all of this. And uh, it shouldn't just be something that's done on your own. Yeah. And how did, I mean, obviously you're a PT and everything, but did you know you needed to reach out to someone once this, or maybe you said it before, but once this all happened as far as like what, you know, sparked you to reach out to um, Rebecca, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working with Rebecca McConville. She is a sports dietitian.
0: Um,
1: After I rehabbed the first one, I thought it, I mean, because I thought it was just a training error. I was like, Oh, this is my first ever injury I've had like this. So (laughs) I just thought it was me being stupid and that it was behind me. Um, and then once it happened a second time, that was when I said, hey, I need to figure out exactly um, what is going on. Um, and yeah, for me, I think it's, it's, a, it's a combination of things too. And so um, working working with that team, um, even my primary care doctor with all the, the blood blood work and labs i um, just trying to figure out for me, if it's an issue with like malabsorption that I'm not getting nutrients yeah. too. So, yeah. um, I, I think it's, it's, like I said, it's very important for people to make sure that they're not just trying to rehab it from a physical standpoint.
0: Right. Right. No, I love that. And yeah, I write that, write that name down. I have a, well, I think she actually listened to it, but I have a, um, I have someone that I know that might, um, benefit from talking to Rebecca too. So I'm going to write that down. What, um, what was I going to say? So the, um, when you got the labs and everything that was that recommended by Rebecca, or is that something you like talk to your doctor about doing? So some of both.
1: Um, so I pushed, um, for certain labs from my doctor before I met with Rebecca and then she recommended a couple of other ones on top of um, what he had ordered as well.
0: Okay. Do you mind sharing which ones you got? And again, anyone listening, this is not medical advice. None of this, you know, ever is. It's just her sharing what she got, you know, done for her. Yeah.
1: So I got, um, pretty much every lab under the sun, Okay. <laughs> um, but a DEXA scan, um, for, you know, for checking your bone health. um, I got some thyroid tests, so like a full thyroid panel and not just the TSH okay. uh, vitamin D, which I was low in, um, which is also really important because we need, um, uh, we need vitamin D to be able to absorb the calcium um, that we need for bone health. So with having that um, low vitamin D uh, just makes it that much harder to, to build up my bone again. Um, and then I also had uh, low iron, and low folate as well My. um so i had a lot of labs that were also contributing to just overall general fatigue yeah. um and like low mood as well yeah um and uh one thing i learned from rebecca is just how much um lots of our body systems can be affected by this so not only um our brain with like mood disorders. Yeah. Um, but also like our digestion can be affected um, and our reproductive system can be affected. So that's where you can see the change in, in cycles. And for some people they can have issues with fertility as well. Um, yeah. But it really does affect the entire body um, when you're under fueled. Um, I think Rebecca does a great job of, of talking about how basically um, your body has to pay the bill. So you know, if you're not having enough coming in being energy, um, it can't pay off those certain systems of the body to keep yeah. them functioning. So it's gonna, you know, ignore the ones that aren't necessary for sustaining life. And so that's where a lot of times we'll see the change in um, our menstrual cycles, because that's not a necessary thing for us to, to stay um, alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Your body has to pay the bills. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> give it what it needs, like, yeah, it's going to, yeah, I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So those are just some of the labs that I had. Um, and then my doctor ran a bunch of other ones too, but I think the, the vitamin D, um, thyroid, um, your ferritins, like your iron, um, yep. are important ones to get, to get drawn and then even B12 as well. Um, so a lot of the B vitamins can be affected too.
0: Okay. And now are you taking like, are you taking like an iron supplement now and like, um, yeah.
1: Yep. 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 So supplementing and that's where I think it's helpful talking with both your doctor and right. um, a dietitian to figure out what is the appropriate amount. Um, you know, that's not something as a physical therapist that I'm trained in to know, um, right. you know, how much of everything I should be taking, so um, yeah, definitely work with someone if you're if you're going through um, a bone stress injury um, on the dietary side?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I like that have you and I mean, you mentioned like it can affect your you know your mood and all of that too like how are you feeling like are you feeling a difference now with making some changes
1: working in in the right direction, but okay. I think it's going to take it'll take a while, I think, to get everything balanced out completely yeah yeah no
0: I'm just I'm asking because I wouldn't be surprised and I have shared this with a couple of people and with you briefly but I wouldn't be surprised for one if I, I mean honestly I'm, I know I've been in low energy uh, low and en, like in low energy state for probably a lot of my you know when I'm running in, in, in general in the sense of when I think back to college for one I didn't have a um consistent period I had a period but I did not have it wasn't consistent like all of college so for one like like how many other people were like that and we were told it's like I mean we weren't told it was normal or it it just like kind of was like assumed oh yeah you're running and that just happens like okay yeah like common it's common yeah and it's like like how much I don't even know how much that affects me now too who knows um Mm -hmm. but since I've gotten into running again um, two, no, not, no issues there, but I know like from an energy standpoint, I've struggled to like, I feel like get enough in, but it also feels like I'm eating all the time and, um, had a, had some struggles with low iron, um, last year for, for quite a few months. Um, and on, honestly haven't had it tested again, but I've been taking my iron consistently. Um, and then recently too, with my injury and a couple other things too, I was, um, I, I had to stop taking my iron when I moved to Florida and I've just had, I've had some, um, uh, I guess I'm just sharing. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is helpful and maybe helpful for other people too. Yeah. Like, um, like trouble focusing has been a thing. It's been like, you know, um, whether that's related to having my own business, but it definitely seems like I can't control it sometimes. So, um, I've definitely had people be like, you should, you know, maybe it's something nutritionally or, you know, like <laughs> it could be more than. Yeah. Just- and I've learned
1: that there is a connection. Um, specifically with iron and like depression or uh, brain fog um, and just like your thin concentration issues too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think if people are having those symptoms, definitely speak to your doctor about it to see if there is some sort of a nutritional component or hormonal imbalance that's occurring.
0: Yeah. I think it's just a good, good reminder. And that, that stat, whatever you had said, like 12 to 58% or whatever it was of people being in low, um, low um energy in a low energy state like if you're if you're an endurance athlete like that's huge like that's high you know even if it's on the low the low end like it's still a decent amount of people
1: (laughs) yeah and so i think you know even as running coaches it's important for us to be having those conversations with our athletes too about Not only are you making sure that you're taking care of your nutritional needs like right before and after a run, but what is it looking like throughout the day and as a total week to, and are you checking all those boxes? Because I know for myself, like I was focused more on like, oh, what am I doing like right before a run or right after a run, but ignoring those, you know, six to eight hours fans that I was going without without eating. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I like that. And like the more like the thing was like you had to eat more frequently. Um so no that's awesome. So you're you're still working, um you're working with Rebecca. Um oh I wanted to go back to you had mentioned, okay, so the Garmin app or the Ovagraft is app you views. And then um we went into your new nutrient deficiencies. And then also I like just wanted to reemphasize the point of like Also, if anything is related to needing to see a sports psychologist, like that could be important. So really getting in the whole team when things like this are going on, but definitely, you know, reaching out, reaching out to a doctor, reaching out to a dietitian and um, working to get it under control. And like, it sounds like I'm talking to you. I mean, this is a process. It's not like it just happens overnight. Like you had this injury back at the beginning of the pandemic, you said, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it it definitely takes time. Um, So I'd say, you know, if anyone is going through... Um, an injury like this, um, be patient. Um, and if you, um, you need any advice as far as finding practitioners that can can help um, with this, definitely reach out to me too. And we can try to put you in touch with someone who's in your area. Um, because I, I think it's also important that people don't try to do it on their own. You know, yeah. even as physical therapists or as running coaches, like we need coaches, we need other, you know, healthcare providers who are going to help us because I think it's so easy to think that um, we're the exception to the rules or, you know, we can, we can do things on our own. Right. Right. Um, And I I think it is important to have that outside perspective with things because um, we usually have our our blinders on when it's, when it's our own, our
0: own bodies. (laughs) Yes, no, definitely. So yes, definitely, you know, reach out to Abby, reach out to me if you need help finding someone, you know, if even if we don't know someone, we can find someone that would know someone to point you in there in the right direction for sure. Um, and, and I don't know, do you, do you think, or do you mind or do you think Rebecca minds to share her like f- full name for anyone like looking? For- oh
1: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Rebecca McConville is her name. Um, and she has her own dietitian business out of Kansas city Um, or Kansas but um, she um, will see people across the country and she actually has a book it's called finding your sweet spot Um, and it it talks specifically about reds the relative energy deficiency in sports and I think it's something that is a read not only for healthcare providers but I think just runners um, it's written in a way that people would be able to understand it okay it's a pretty quick read um, but it definitely gives a lot of information about how, um, the different systems in the body
0: are affected when we're in that low energy availability state. Okay. Awesome. I hadn't heard of that book either. So awesome. Sweet. And I just assumed she was in Chicago too. So to not even she is not. Yeah. Cool. Nope. Like these, are days, her- it can be for the most part, a lot of things can be done everywhere now. And it yeah. is. There, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure many that are listening
1: to this podcast have also heard of, um, Dr. Stacy Sims as well. Yes. Um, and especially for female athletes, um, uh, she's got some great resources out there, um, for females on, you know, diet and, you know, basically how to, you know, use your menstrual cycle to your advantage for, for training and, yep. and like that. So she's got a great book that's called war, um, uh, that. I think it is a great resource for any females out there.
0: Yep. So yeah, again, Stacey Sims. um, Yeah. And Roar, I have the book. I've read some, I need to read more of it, but obviously a pretty, it is, she's a well-known name, but I'm sure there's going to be people listening that haven't heard of her. Right. Like I heard of her for the first time, maybe a year ago at this point, I don't remember for sure, but um, depending on who's, who's listening, um, they might, might not have. So two good books there, two good resources kind of for all things. I guess, low energy state, being a female in general, menstrual cycle, um, some really good resources to look into or to just remember to you know, reach out if you do need, if you do need help um, you know, from a professional. Um, but awesome. Let's see. Um, so what I'd be curious to know, what has changed with your diet or what does that look like? Is it requiring you to meal prep more? Is it requiring you to just like track things? Like what is it looking like now figuring that part out?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, So definitely tracking some of it just to make sure that I'm even going kind of above what my nutritional requirements are to make sure that I'm getting enough. But um, I'm gone a lot during the day. So yeah, meal prep is a huge part of it. So I was pretty good about meal prepping um, breakfast and lunch. um, But I have some late nights with work where I don't get home until later in the evening. And so one thing that I've been doing is actually packing a dinner too on certain nights. Okay. Um, So that extra meal prep to make sure that I'm eating sooner rather than waiting until I get home where it's that, you know, six to eight hours. So yeah, definitely uh, planning ahead. And so I've done on Sundays where I'll basically uh, meal prep for the the weekdays. Um, So I'll have like, basically breakfast lunch dinner like already like in containers like in the fridge yeah um and that's a huge help for me because I know when it's the day of it's so easy to be like oh I don't feel like making anything like I'm just gonna grab whatever is laying around in here that's maybe not the most nutrient-dense thing or um type of food that my body needs at the time
0: um
1: so just having lots of even just little snacks prepared too um almost like a little like adult snack drawer like I'm a child but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> but it works <laughs> was it hard to get like into it sounds like you're already doing a little bit but was it hard to get into the routine of making sure you're all meal prepped or not really
1: um yeah it definitely took some time um I was doing some of it already but just to go that extra step to make sure that I had stuff for dinner um versus waiting until I got home for dinner. Um and then it would be, you know, by the time you make something, it's just that much later. So yeah. um for me, that's what's worked with my schedule. And obviously it'll be different for, for each person right that's listening. Um, uh, but for myself, uh yeah, Sundays seem to work best because once the week starts, it's like I blink and it's yes. Friday <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? Yeah. Um yeah. So that's what works best for me. Um and then, you know, I think just being open to buying some things that are like in a way kind of like prepackaged, whereas like usually I try to make as much things as I can. Um, but just to have some things that are easy on hand in case if I am stuck in that position where I'm like, Hey, I just need to get something in quick that's gonna be, you know, lots of
0: protein
1: or, or healthy yep. fats or whatever it may be.
0: Yep. Yep. No, that makes sense what, um, what was I going to say? What, um, was it mainly for you just having to put aside a little extra time on Sundays than you were already? Or was there anything else you had to do like make it a habit, I guess, of, you know, making sure the meal prep happened?
1: Yeah. So definitely setting aside the time. Um, but then prior to that, making sure that I had a grocery list down Yeah. Um, With making sure that everything I was going to need for Sunday was on that list. And I had it for Sunday so that I could make, you know, whatever it was. So um, I'm definitely a very like structured person. Yeah. Like having to write it down and like have a time where like I'm going to plan meals out for the week or like have a time where I'm going to go to the grocery store. Um, So if I write it down and I have
0: a specific, almost like a date, and you know, or an appointment, you know, in my
1: in my calendar, that seems to work well for me.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I just ask because I feel like, for me, as I get as I get older, like you know, making new habits per se almost get harder because there's so much you have to do, or like deciding which ones to focus on. So just any tips of right? You set the time, like this is when you're doing your, you're right, making a list. I totally feel like that helps too. I, I used to be a person that just like goes to the grocery store and just like buys whatever. And then, um, currently I'm getting back into meal prep, but there was a time like for the past like year, year and a half where I just was, was doing that again, but I had prior to that, been in a routine of, like, yeah, make the list, go to the store, like, meal prep, and it really helps, and then somehow just life threw me out of it, and now it's getting back, totally so I like you to get out of it, <laughs> like, I know, and it's just, like, oh, shoot, like, so, I mean, it sounds like simple, like, a simple question or simple advice, but I think, I mean, I don't know if I do it, someone else's, like, I gotta do it, too, so any, <laughs> any advice there is, you know, um, to, yeah, you know, absolutely, like, like, and
1: I think for me, too, like, so I'm married. So my husband does some of the cooking as well. So I know for for myself, it's nice to have been able to split up and be like, Hey, like, you're gonna do some of this meal prep, and I'll do the other part of it. So I mean, if people have roommates or significant other, I think, you know, splitting some of those responsibilities and yes, um, having both of you be on the same page as far as, um, you know, these are the meals that we're going to do. And um I think it just makes it easier for everyone and I know my husband likes having the meals already as well and then you know for for lunch or dinner like he can just grab something from the fridge and not have to think about it as soon yep. as we get home
0: yep yep no I like that that's good if you have a team you guys can both be on the same page and help each other out and yeah make it make it a thing that that happens then for sure um no I love that um I didn't say so I got tips for meal prepping um for no one else <laughs> but myself because that's been a big honestly it's been a big focus like last month and a half basically even when I was like gone I was like okay hey, we need to make sure I have food because I've gotten into a point where I'm just like oh I, you, you haven't ate but now you don't have anything to eat like either I'm putting something random together or going out and getting something and just like no that can't happen so um awesome I love it there's so much good info in there um for people like for, for any runner, even if you don't think you're necessarily not getting enough, just these are super important things for anyone to be, you know, paying attention to. Um, I did want to go, I know one thing, a couple of things, I guess you, you mentioned a lot, it was super helpful when you went back to the, the rule, the rule of twos you mentioned at the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I've always said like, you know, with injuries, a lot of times it's like too much, too soon, too fast. Not saying like I said that, like that's been said before, but <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it like, um kind of a little bit more like there's like the rule too is and you had a few more words what was did you i don't know if you are written down or whatever but what is the rules of two that you that you know i guess
1: <laughs> yeah so too quick too strong so strong is in like the load so whether it's you know weight that you're using um when you're lifting too long too often or a combination of okay. those
0: yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I'm, I'm like looking at too quick. I have too fast Too the, the strong one, I would say is kind of the, Oh no, that's the much I'm just relating it to like, what I, what I say, um, too long. That would be, I guess, maybe the one that I don't necessarily say. So super helpful just to hear it and hear it another manner. So too quick, too strong, too long, too often. And I feel like a lot of times it's, um, you know, a combination like of, you said it could be a combination, but also it's like, You decide to change all of it at once or two of those factors versus just one trying to slowly increase right in your training
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think for runners i think that's so important to only be changing one variable at a time yeah you know whether it's like the frequency um the duration that you're doing or even the intensity you know are you layering in speed work with what you're doing Um, And so to make sure that you're only manipulating one thing at a time uh, will make you at a lower
0: risk of, of, you know, having training load errors. I love it and it's such a common thing though to see people like it happens all the time like oh this is just yeah anyways like you know any runners listening I'm sure you've done it yourself but it's like especially if you're like getting back into running or something it's like okay I'm gonna increase my mileage and go for a longer long run and I'm gonna add in speed work this week like because oh I'm feeling really good and it's just like ah recipe for disaster recipe for injury (laughs) And some people are fine. Right. But
1: right. you know, for it definitely puts you at a higher risk. So just because yep. you change all those variables doesn't mean you are doesn't gonna hurt. have an injury. Yeah. yeah. Um and so that's why I think some people get away with it. Right. And they are able to change all those things. But um for the majority of us that is a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like that just goes back to saying, you know, everyone's unique and everybody everybody, you know, is is unique and yeah, like even my reaction of being, oh, it's a recipe for disaster probably comes from the fact that I've been injured a lot. So I'm freaking out for myself more so like you might be fine, but I'm just, you know, oh, I've been injured. Like I've seen it happen. I'm currently injured. I I share, which has been less of a a training error for sure. More of a life stressor, I would say for sure. And other things, but, um, but yeah, so yeah. And, you know, that plays a huge role into
1: it, right? And I yeah. think a lot of times people just think about the physical stress of the workout and yeah. how that applies um, to an injury. Um, but it's really any type of stress can affect um, our ability to recover. So it could yep. be financial stress, it could yep. be, you know, it could be emotional or you know mental stress, and our yep. body sees all of those the same. And so if we do, yep. you know, we have high yep. levels of um, emotional stress along with these high levels of physical stress that yep. can be that tipping point for us where that injury occurs.
0: Yep. Yep. It's, it's crazy for me thinking now, like I just, you know, kind of went on a, I wouldn't even call it a trip. But it was like, I was still working and got away for a little bit, but like all of July, like I just, everything with pandemic and I shared this a little bit in my last episode or two episodes ago now that you guys, if you listen to it on my personal, you know, injury journey and everything, but just, like crazy how much like I was in a high stress state, and I just recently got back to Florida. I'm sitting here now. And I'm like, wow, I like you don't notice it sometimes when you're in it, and now that I'm back, I'm like, wow, I was pretty stressed. Like I feel pretty calm, like calmer <laughs> right now. I was like, you know, and you want to deny it sometimes. So sometimes maybe just have a few friends you can ask. Like, hey, am I stressed right now? Yeah, you are. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna figure this out. <laughs> so maybe I should have done that when I was. Whew, okay. <laughs> but that's how uh, kind
1: of like our world though too right yeah it's like it's almost like a badge of honor when you're like busy and you have all of these things going on and like yep. you are stressed and you're handling and like juggling all of these different yep. things
0: yep i know during the like beginning of the pandemic i'm like i'm gonna get injured like i'm like running faster because i just had all this adrenaline i'm like pushing really hard in my business <laughs> i'm you know i mean pandemic um you know i had actually you know gone through a breakup right before the pandemic started so i'm just like i, I feel like i should but i feel awesome like i feel good and then <laughs> the move to florida kind of just put me over there <laughs> it's okay live and learn it's all good um <laughs> the other thing i want to ask you about too you mentioned so many things i know i just keep asking but the heart rate variability um i know that can be really good to track and i can't say it's something i have tracked for really quite some time Uh, My coach in college was kind of big on that, like, you know, taking your heart rate right when you get up. Um, I would just be curious to know what you do with that and what that looks like. So
1: I don't spend a lot of time myself um, looking at what it looks like, but I do have um, a whoop tracker, W-H-O-O-P, for those that have not heard of it. But it's basically just a little device, you know, a little bracelet, similar to like a Fitbit that you put on your wrist. It does not have a screen on it at all, Um, so it's less um, information than what you would get from, like, a Garmin um, or, you know, like, an Apple Watch, Uh, but basically it tracks your heart rate and your heart rate variability and your sleep, and then it gives you a recovery score for the day. Okay. Um, And so based on how recovered you are, you know, if you're in the red zone, you would want to back off with how hard you're working out on that day you're in the yellow zone. It's kind of like a caution. And then green, it's like you're ready to push like you can okay. go hard. Um, so with the, the heart rate variability, you know, I'm by no mean, means an expert on this. But essentially, with your heart rate, it's not an even amount of time between each heartbeat that occurs. Okay. So if we let's say you have like 60 beats per minute is like your resting heart rate, it doesn't happen once every second. Exactly. There is a little bit of variability that occurs um, between the beats. And depending on how much variability it is, there is it can kind of tell what your stress levels are like. So how relaxed are you versus how much are you in kind of that flight or fight, flight stage? Yeah. Um, And so um, I've, you know, I can tell on certain days when I'm really fatigued or tired, that that number is lower. Um, with heart rate variability, higher is better. Yeah. Um, and, but then there's other days where I feel great. And it says my heart rate variability is really low. So I personally don't play a, like I don't use it a ton as far as um, how much I push myself versus don't push myself. I just more listen to how my body is feeling on on that given day okay okay um, I just happened to notice though um that during those few weeks leading up to my most recent bone stress injury that the heart rate variability was much higher meaning that I was less stressed than what I typically am so I yeah. just thought it was interesting yeah. that the injury occurred and I think actually the day that I had the like that that tipping point where I felt it when I was running my recovery was like 95 percent it was like <laughs> super high so I think it just also shows like you can't rely on those trackers to be like this is gonna tell me for sure you know how much I can push and what I should or shouldn't be
0: doing yeah yeah no I think that's it's helpful it's like yeah when it comes to I feel like this is where I get into with like tracking and stuff too like I'm not the best tracker on things and I think that could be helpful in a lot of you know areas in life um, but then when I do track, it's like I kind of have no happy medium. Like I get too intense about it, right? Like it's got to be super detailed and like so. So maybe that's why I avoid it then, because I'm like try to get super detailed with anything, or it's like all or nothing for me. So maybe yeah, it's like information overload. <laughs> yeah. So like, but but it can be helpful. Like as long as yeah, as long as you take it at the grain of salt and also like it's important i feel like sometimes we get too much into data in general right like there i mean that's just people in general some people are all into the data some people are all into the fields i'm a little bit naturally more all into the field like how am i feeling like like (laughs) that kind of a thing but um yeah yeah i think for runners you're right you know really any endurance
1: athlete it's like (laughs) it's so easy for us to get caught up in like um, you know, oh my gosh, like what is everything looking like with my pace and my heart rate? Yeah. Like, even just when a few weeks ago when Garmin went down and like however all the runners were like <laughs> freaking out about not yeah. being able to track their runs.
0: I only knew about it because of Facebook and like I'm friends with a lot of runners and people saying it like I didn't even know myself, which I mean I'm not running right now, but I do still start my watch for my bike rides, but I didn't even know like because I don't upload it to Garmin Connect that often and yeah. Anyways, I'm the most... I don't know. I feel like sometimes maybe that's why sometimes it's nice for people. But I'm the most low key as far as uh, I'm not. I don't know how. Like I'm not. I guess I'm always kind of saying I'm not super into the numbers. I am, but I'm like not like you know even like Strava like stuff like that like. I like barely know how to log on. Like, I'm just kind of like, you know, so. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't have a Strava account myself. <laughs> <laughs> so but maybe that's good for the, you know, the runners, you know, typical type A, like super intense. It's like, Hey, let's just calm down a little bit. We're good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we can definitely get into the numbers, but that's helpful. I, I thought of there's one other person that uses that app that I've heard of. Um, did you say you have to have a, um, a Fitbit or a Apple watch or, so it's, it fits on your wrist similar
1: to a, um, a Fitbit, but it's basically just this stretchy little band that has like a thin oh. device um, that, you know, sits on the outside of your wrist. So it's similar size to a Fitbit. Yeah. Um, and then it has like a, a portable like charging uh battery pack that goes on to it to charge it you can charge okay. it like, while you're still wearing it and the battery lasts like five to seven days and then
0: you can charge gotcha it so its own thing you probably said that yeah it's its own thing
1: i don't know that i did yeah. yeah yeah so it's its own thing um but the bracelet itself is free but they make you pay like a monthly subscription oh interesting for the for
0: the bracelet oh, okay okay huh. all right so it's its own thing okay well that's good to know because yeah i've heard of it before but hadn't like really looked into it so could be, could be helpful. Couldn't be helpful to know. Um, I'm trying to think anything. Oh, I know what I was going to ask with your, with your bone stress, um, injuries, what did it feel like when you, you know, had it, was it super severe where you couldn't run? Were you just having a feeling and you're like, mm, this isn't good. Or what did it feel like for any, you know, for any listeners out there that might be like, Oh, I think that might've happened to me or, you know, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it will be a little bit different um, for everyone um, with what they feel. But for me, it was more of like a dull kind of like ache, mm-hmm. um, but it did get to the point where it was throbbing a little bit. Um, and for me, yes, it hurt like while I was running and so okay. I stopped running, but then it also hurt when I was walking. And then another sign can be night pain for people where you'll feel like that aching pain at night when you're lying in bed, um, even when you're not, um, you know, putting any sort of weight through it, uh, as well as um, like pinpoint tenderness. So I had tenderness just to that one area on the bone, whereas like shin splints, for example, people will have like a wider area of pain along the shin and it's like more like in the muscle area whereas this was like I would push on the one area that was the only area it hurt um and so um yeah I ended up going into the doctor and had some imaging done and he told me like oh you're fine like you don't need a boot um and you can just walk on it (laughs) um but I was still getting pain with walking in that rest. And so I ended up putting myself into a boot for like a week. Okay. Uh, and that seemed to seem to help. But I felt that exact same ache um, the second time around. And so okay. I think I caught it earlier on
0: because
1: yeah. um, I knew what it felt like. It was just that ache right on the bone. Yeah. Um, and so I basically just tried to limit how much weight bearing I was doing. I did not put myself in a boot the second time around. Um, but, um, just try to limit my steps quite a bit. Yeah, I think, um, for myself, it was not like severe pain. Um, some people it can be, um, but for myself, I could also be because it was just that bone stress reaction. So, you know, lower on that spectrum versus the, the bone stress, uh, fracture. Itself. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's super helpful for for people to hear because a lot of times, like something like that, like if you don't really have a background in injuries, I guess in general, you'll probably be like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm not even gonna really say anything, you know, if it's not fully affecting, if you could still run, right? Um, mm-hmm. And how big of I think is-
1: if I would have continued to run, I think it probably would have turned into a more serious injury if I would have just pushed past that pain yeah um, but like you're saying just with knowing kind of what to look for with bone stress injuries I think that that helped me to to be able to stop um earlier on
0: yeah yeah no nope. that's helpful and how big of an area would you say like if you were pressing on where it was you know hurting like how big of an area would it extend or was a very pinpoint it was just like right. it was this area. very
1: pinpoint yeah it's like literally that one spot with my thumb
0: yeah Um, and you're like you
1: move up and you don't feel anything and you move down you don't really feel anything
0: yeah yeah I was um I don't think I've shared this in a podcast episode yet but um I shared this with Steph who came on our podcast and is a mutual friend um and so I was talking to her the other day and I I shared with her and guys man maybe I shouldn't share all these things you're gonna be like gosh like (laughs) I'm like just I hope it shows that I'm human too even though I'm a PT it's just like but back when I was training for my, my track season this past winter and then into fall, I'm guessing it was around like January or February, but I did, I was having some like medial, um, you know, shin pain and like convinced myself it was just, um, shin splints for okay, I'm using terms for our, our listeners, but you know, in the muscle more, not in the bone. And I kind of have a little bit of a inclination that might've been a bone stress reaction um, in the sense that I was having night pain, but I didn't want to admit it, which is like, so silly. Like I knew that, but I was like, no, nah, I'm I'm good. Um, it was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. And now I can't even remember back enough, but I feel like it was pinpoint, but I also I'd go into my muscle and it would be like sore too. So whether I was convincing myself or it could have been borderline you know, one way or the other, but, um, just the night pain in general. And I just like, didn't even tell anyone because I was, you know, didn't want to stop running and it wasn't bad. Like I could run still. It wasn't preventing me from running. So, um,
1: Mm -hmm. and I think that's also an important comment that you just made too, is, um, you can still have some muscle soreness around the area as well. You know, know, with (laughs) those muscles basically guarding, um, from the injury. So just because someone has muscle soreness doesn't mean that they don't have a bone stress injury. Yep. Um, and also just because you have all those symptoms doesn't mean you necessarily have a bone stress either. injury yeah. either. But those are just some of the things that we will often see um, that, you know, kind of puts our antenna up like, hey, this this is something we need to look into and uh, potentially get some imaging to figure out what's going on
0: yeah so I just I share because like for one like if I didn't have a background at all for sure I would have just been like ah it's shin splints you know like I hear about these shin splints runners get them whatever mm-hmm. um but but knowing what I I know I was like ooh, I'm a little concerned but also like I did like I yeah I mean I kind of shared back when I, I was just like very like I needed to run which you know like it's I don't know. I'm just sharing. I'm being human. I was like, oh, it's fine. So yeah. part of me being injured right now, I'm like, maybe this is my body's way also of being like, hey, you need to heal this thing up. Because for the most part, once I, I I didn't run as much when I got to Florida, so I didn't feel it as much. But once in a while, I still will. Um, haven't had any night pain in a while. But so maybe it was a way of being like, you never offloaded this at all, and you just decided it wasn't a thing. And that for whatever reason, you're superhuman, but you're not. So. Um, yeah and I think also too
1: with a lot of runners when they have bone stress injuries you know they're told by their healthcare provider okay you've waited the x amount of weeks you know to be in the boot or to not run you're fine you can go ahead and go back to running and there's yeah. no like graded <laughs> exposure from being in the boot to all of a sudden running and you know really we do need to do bone loading exercises and also strengthening exercises that are going to help those muscles around the bone, too. Um, and so just for anyone that's had a, you know, a bone stress injury, I think it's important to, to make sure that people are actually rehabbing it and going through all of those steps versus just jumping right back into running.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's super important. And kind of was alluding to it earlier too, but like, yeah, I have a, I mean, I have a, a current client that was basically just told, like, you know, she went to PT and then it was just like, all right, go back to running. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, and you know, she's had, in, you know, bone stress injuries before too. And I'm like, we can't have this happen again. Like we need to slowly, you know, grade you back. And I think a lot of people's aversion, if they do it on their own, like, I don't know, at least this is what I see is like, Okay, slow. So I'm going to start with three miles the first day, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, nothing. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's easy to run three miles, right? Like, and I mean, we laugh at it, but I mean, it's like also like I don't know. It's just really common of what I I was talking to someone else on the phone the other day. I just think that's like the common like starting point. And it's like, no, we're talking like you're going to walk a little bit, and then you're going to do a walk run, and then we'll get you back to running consistently. You know, especially with an injury like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even prior to that, you know, when it's appropriate, you know, starting out with strengthening exercises, and then some different jumping exercises, the different plyometric exercises to um, load that bone as well. And I think that's where seeing a um, physical therapist or another healthcare rehab professional that um, is used to working with people with bone stress injuries, Um, because it is, you know, it's, it's definitely a very specific thing that needs to needs to be done to fully, fully rehab the injury.
0: Yep. Yep. And I think, and, and also just, um, you know, we're hitting on the importance of, you know, seeing a PT, seeing a, you know, a specialist that works with runners. Um, but even more so, and I guess I kind of just already said this, but is, you know, knowing that just seeing a PT might not, it either like you need to see someone that sees runners like it's very different like we are not taught in school how to specific I mean we're taught the basics but it's not like we're taught in school how to help runners what they actually need to get back to their sport like you need to see someone that's gone on to do extra education at least been in the sport themselves you know like I mean I'm not I'm also not, it's not an all or nothing. Nothing's all or nothing. I'm sharing my opinion here, right, to um, to a degree. I'm not saying you can't get help with someone that that hasn't, but just, you know, if you did see a PT or you did see someone and you did, it didn't help, just know there's always other options and, you know, make sure to, you know, you can reach out to us. We can help put you in contact with someone in your area, virtually, whatever, so, <laughs> but, um. But yeah, any, I'm trying to think, anything else, any other things you want to share from your experience, um, from your um, your bone stress injuries that you've had?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing that maybe my takeaway is um, just making sure that I'm taking a very holistic approach to things, um, being that I'm not just focused on the physical aspect of things. So. Um, you know, not just looking at, you know, what are my training modes, um, not only with my running, but my strengthening, but, you know, what does my nutrition look like? What does my mental health look like? What does my sleep look like? And um, just making sure that I'm paying attention to, to all those areas. And I feel like I had been doing a good job with, uh, with some of those, maybe not all of those areas. Yep. I think that that's also where um, you know, the whole idea of like, even coaches need coaches comes yes. in and just the idea that, um, it's so easy to overlook things when it's yourself, yes. um, <laughs> but to have those outside eyes, I think can be very helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's why even with my recent injury, I'm like, you know, I reached, reached out to Steph and, um. Yeah, like just we need coaches. Why I have you know I have a running coach, but like you had said, remembering the the holistic approach to everything, and I feel like I don't know maybe it's just something that's on my mind lately too. It's also like there's it's hard to have a balance. I feel like in life in general, right? To really like there's so many things to be at your best that you have to do, right? And it's not it's not easy. Um, My last podcast interview I had my current you know running coach, you know I was kind of alluding to that too, like you know with just you know, have it being able to like get you know, you want to get your nutrition, your mental health under control, your just all of this and it can be hard, but I liked her reassurance that like her big thing, this was a title of it, like you can have it all. Like you can, you know, achieve everything. But I think also and you know, for us too, it's you know, be be patient with yourself or, you know, like if you are trying to change a number of things in your life, like um, one thing at a time or, you know, a couple things at a time, depending on how big they are. And, um, but, but life in general is multifactorial and like, like you're injured. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think also, uh, I think depending on, you know, what everything else is going on in someone's life, I don't think it's realistic to put a hundred percent into all of these areas. Yeah. So, you know, if you're focusing more on the nutrition aspect, or you're, you know, focusing more on the sleep aspect, maybe you do have to back off with a little bit of how much time you're actually spending working out and like finding that balance. Because I also, I don't think it's necessarily realistic for a lot of people to be 100% in all of those areas with all of our other life responsibilities. So figuring out on any given week, which of those pieces of the puzzle do I need to kind of pull away a little bit to balance out these other things that are going on in my life. And yep. so I think just realizing that it's not, um, I don't expect to be, you know, hitting a hundred percent on all right.
0: those target areas at, yes. at once. Yes. No, I like that. Like that whole idea of like, yeah, hitting a hundred percent and all. Like you can work on all areas, but you know, one thing at a time. Figure out where you need to focus. Like I like the whole like, if you need to pull back, say on your exercise itself, to focus on sleep and nutrition. Then that's still health. That's not. I think for a lot of endurance athletes ourselves, like, ooh, you're healthy if you're running or you're biking. But I mean, sleep and nutrition aren't just as important. You know, Uh, mental health just as important. So, absolutely. Super helpful. I love it. Um, well to wrap things up, um, I know we, we talked about your own personal running journey a little bit. We didn't go dive into tongues. I really wanted to get into, um, your experience with bone stress injuries and reds and everything. Um, but if you don't mind what, so I like to ask at the end of every episode, what your breaking five moment in, I guess what to say in sport is. So basically that w- would be for you, um, uh, any moment in running, or I guess if you want to use your basketball, career, I'm totally cool with that too, for yourself or an athlete, whatever you want to use that, you know, you achieve something that maybe um, you know, kind of seemed out of reach or really hard or impossible, but but you achieved it or just like, what was a moment in, in sport that was like, you know, wow, I, I did that. That was pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> um, I would say the half marathon, even though I've done, you know, full marathons, but I think that the half marathon for myself was the point where I realized that I could do more. Yeah. Um, and so once I hit the half marathon, I was like, oh, I could do a marathon. And just also opened up all these other possibilities as far as, um, what I could, what I could achieve, um, with, um, not only my career, but, uh, with in the physical therapy and like running side of things, but also as an athlete myself. Um, so just realizing
0: that I could push myself more than, than what I thought I could. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Have you, so have you done a marathon then?
1: I have. Okay,
0: awesome. Yeah, awesome. So then when would have your first marathon been?
1: Um, my first marathon was the
0: Chicago Marathon. Oh, cool, cool. Which or, is an awesome race. Yes, and it's not happening. Well, nothing's happening this year. <laughs> but I need to do a Chicago Marathon. Like, that would be, yeah, I would, I mean, I, I need to mainly remember to, like, if I want to do it one year, got to get on board to sign up in time for, you know, because it's so far in advance. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What I actually meant to ask, when was your first half marathon? I said marathon, but I actually meant to say half marathon. It just came out of my mouth. (laughs) I think it would have been in 2017. Okay, okay. So once you kind of, you hit that distance and you're kind of like, realize what your body could do. and Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, because before that, I was just kind of running for fun and wasn't really doing
1: any sort of races. And and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a try.
0: (laughs) And then it was like, oh, I'll just double it and do a marathon now, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I don't know about ultras, but. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I don't know about that. Maybe one day, <laughs> once, that'll be good. <laughs> but awesome. Well, thank you, Abby. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge. I know we went a big point part into that part of your journey, but it super helpful and i felt like i learned a lot and i know it'll be helpful um for other listeners out there and hopefully just kind of something to think about and make sure we're checking ourselves on you know all these different aspects um but also just want to ask so for any of our listeners where is the best place for them to find you at
1: um so instagram is probably the best way um to get a hold of me uh, my handle is dr abby peachy it's dr so dr abby.teachie. Otherwise, on Facebook, um, you can also look up my business, um, Achieve Performance Lab on there as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And anything else you want to promote or anything? I mean, I know for anyone in the Chicagoland area, if you need a PT, she is in the Chicagoland area. Um, But Anything else that you have that I might not know about? I didn't even ask beforehand. Like
1: No, no. Yeah, I would say just reach out to me on social media too if you even just want to connect too. Um, I love to meet other runners in the area or just across the country. So feel free to send me a message.
0: Yes, Abby's very friendly. The first time I re- reached out to her, we had good chat and connected. And yeah, it's been awesome. And it's been fun to get to know you even a little bit more on this podcast interview. And um, yeah, thank you for all your knowledge. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was really fun. Yes. Awesome. All right, guys, we will see you in the next episode. And again, this was Abby Peachy. And until then, take care, everyone. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, That doesn't have to actually mean literally breaking five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment. I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could, and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram, and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.